it wasn't always pretty, and the Giants' offense just continued to show signs of you know struggling early in games and having opposing pitchers who are struggling have their best outings of the seasons or their careers or whatever. But a win is a win is a win is a win. The Giants swept the Pittsburgh Pirates a great start to this long four-city 11-game road trip. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already. Hit that subscribe button, too, if you're watching on YouTube. This episode of Locked on Giants is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So, for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And coming up on today's show, like I said, it wasn't always pretty, but a win is a win is a win. A win is a win is a win. Just three. (laughs) It was all, I may have said four in the open there. But yeah, the Giants got the job done and it was various aspects of their team kind of coming through when they needed it. In the first game of the series, they, uh, they they were shut down for the first four innings, and then in innings five, six, and seven, they put up two, one, and three runs. Even though the Pirates were coming back on their end, the Giants' offense responded. Patrick Bailey had a big hit in that game that gave the Giants a late lead in a three-run seventh inning. Stripling got the start. That's significant. He was pretty good. He did allow another home run, and so the the home run issues for Stripling just continued to be out of control. But, you know, when all is said and done, he's going to be an important part. And we'll see how he fares in Cincinnati, where the Giants go next. And we'll preview that series a little bit later on. But huge win for the Giants there. And then in game two of the series, they needed pitching and they needed uh, a late offensive surge. All they had going for the first uh, seven innings of the game, they really, really got shut down again, by an opposing starting pitcher who doesn't have great numbers, Johan Oviedo. And there's a history with Mike Yastrzemski and Oviedo back when Oviedo was on the Cardinals. And he was yelling at Mike Yastrzemski, thinking he was like stealing signs from second base. And so the fact that Yaz took him deep was pretty great. But then uh, the Giants couldn't muster anything else against him. He The dude ended up going seven innings with 10 strikeouts. It's just kind of uh, ridiculous, I guess is one way to put it. And we'll see. That's the thing is we're going to check in on the offense. They haven't been this bad offensively all 
season. It's just kind of come up in the last few weeks. And at the beginning of the season two, they had their inconsistencies. But I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was all about too reliant on the home run. Where did the home run go? I know Mike Yastrzemski hit a home run in this win, but uh, other than that, they have not been hitting for power. And that's kind of what's been missing. A, a home run or two would be nice at this stage. And the Giants are going to the Great American Small Park in Cincinnati next for a four-game series. And it is the number one home uh park in the league for hitting home runs in more so than Denver. And so preventing them is going to be key, but also hitting some is going to be key. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But Alex Cobb, like I said, the the Giants only mustered, you know, they got three runs on three hits in this game, but they got a great start out of Alex Cobb. And he went six innings, allowed one run, a solo homer, Taylor Rogers, Scott Alexander, and Camilo Duvall shutting it down in the late innings. And honestly, I'm I'm it's like blurring into my mind who was the offense. How did they get their two runs in the top of the eighth? I should be talking about it to you, but I don't I don't oh Michael Conforto. That's right. Michael Conforto had a huge hit in the eighth inning that gave the Giants two runs. Jock Peterson, uh, some some good base running there. Michael Conforto himself with some good base running to get that run across. And then in the finale, Giants, they got actually three runs in the third. So that kind of bucks the trend a little bit. And they got a solid start out of Alex Wood, who went three and two thirds. They also got a nice kind of bridge appearance by Tristan Beck, who went three and a third, almost the same length as the starter Alex Wood. And so I've seen some like articles talking about, you know, evaluating the Giants or whatever. And they're like, the bullpen is has been heavily taxed. I think if you just look at total innings by the bullpen, you might think that. But you have to keep in mind that they have like starting pitcher types in the bullpen, a la Tristan Beck here going three and a third, lowered his ERA to 3.06. He did allow one run, but that was it. And so this guy, 3.06 ERA, I mean, he's kind of emerged as a reliable multi-inning guy and at some point could be a candidate to be in that starting rotation at some point relatively soon. I mean, he's just kind of been rock solid and I, I really like his his loose arm and, and just his his repertoire. And when he's attacking the strike zone, he's tough. And Tyler Rogers got into some trouble. Taylor Rogers bailed him out. That was cool to see. Tyler was uncharacteristically wild. The umpires were not great in this series and they favored the Pirates and there were some big missed calls uh, calls to Alex Wood and to Tyler Rogers there. But Taylor Rogers came in, faced two hitters and struck them both out with, I think, the go-ahead run on third base. And so that was a great performance bailing out his brother Ryan Walker with a clean inning and Scott Alexander closing it out after the Giants scored five in the top of the 10th. Michael Conforto, a big hit. Wilmer Flores, a good job moving the runner over. I think, he, yeah, he let off with a single moving the runner over and getting on base himself. Jock Peterson, big sack fly. So a team effort. And this game, it was like, yeah, they got their three runs, but then they got shut down after that. But then in the 10th, they busted out. And so you know, it's baseball. Sometimes you get shut down and sometimes you break out in a big way and get a bunch of runs. And they've been going through it for about, you know, two weeks or so offensively. And 
hopefully, I think going to Cincinnati, this is a place to hit. And so it might be the right place at the right time for the Giants. So we're going to check in on the offense in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think Luis Matos can hit a home run against uh, Reds left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson? I do because, like I said, this is the Great American Small Park. I've really liked the way Luis Matos has looked. I think he's got the platoon advantage against this lefty. And the current odds here are you get 4.32 times your money by taking the over on half a home run. And if you want to take the under, if you don't think he's going to hit a home run, 1.11 times. And yeah, so... Head to Sleeper and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, as promised, we are going to look at the Giants offense. Check in on the hitters, like what is going on to the point like in the in the middle game of the series they were just hacking they were just swinging at everything that was thrown up there it seemed like just ultra aggressiveness what is going on with the giants can we look at some of the numbers about swing decisions and all that thanks again for making lockdown giants your first listen every day every dayers tomorrow on the show breaking down a big game one in cincinnati this is a reds team that had been red hot although they just got swept by the brewers and they lost their first game going into the All-Star break, and they had like a historically rough series offensively in their last series at home against the Brewers. And so they're kind of scuffling right now, but they just called up a big prospect for this game. And so we'll be breaking it down tomorrow. The Giants play the Reds tonight at 410 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. All right, so what is going on with the San Francisco Giants offense? Well, what I can say is that on the season, they have a 100 weighted runs created plus. So they have been, by this metric, exactly league average offensively. And to me, that's a little bit disappointing. Like, uh, I expected them to be an above average offensive team. If we go back to 2021, they were way above average. If we even look at 2022, they came in, I think, with a 101 weighted runs created plus, meaning a little bit better than average and better than they've been this season. If you look at the overall kind of body of work of everybody. So what's stood out to me, though, is that there's a little bit of like crazy aggressiveness and so I wanted to check in on plate discipline. And on the season, we can see that the Giants, by the way, the Reds are the number one team in, in Major League Baseball at not swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. The Pirates are the second best at not swinging outside the strike zone. So the Giants just got a taste of that with the Pirates. And now they'll see pretty much identical things with the with the Reds in this respect. The Giants come in at number 12. And so it's not like they're ultra aggressive. I think it's one of those things, just like with the pitching staff, Giants pitching staff ranks second in the majors in terms of not walking hitters. Their walk rate is the second 
best in the majors. So when you see a player come in for the Giants now and they're struggling with command, it really, really stands out because we're so used to pitchers, the Giants pitchers being the best basically or one of the best in the majors at not walking people and so it stands out and so for the Giants with their chasing it really stands out because I mean they're only 12th so but in previous years I think they've been better than this and certainly in 2021 they were one of the best I believe I could pull that up at not chasing out of the zone and I'm going to pull that up just so I can make sure that I'm right about that number they were number three with a chase rate of 23.9% in 2021. So if a pitch was out of the zone, they only swung at it 24% of the time, 23.9 to be precise. And in 2023, that rate is 27 and a half. And so, yeah, that's 12th. And the best in the majors is 24.8. And so that's, that's funny. The best rates are worse now than they were then but by quite a bit. But anyway, how about the last two weeks? Let's look at the last two weeks. Are the Giants chasing more than they've kind of generally chased on the season? And the Giants come in, no, 26.5% in terms of their chase rate, which is eighth best, eighth lowest in the major leagues. And they're I don't know, zone contact rate. That's another uh, one to look at that's pretty interesting. Yeah, the Giants have the third lowest rate of contact on swings at pitches in the strike zone. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're only making contact when they swing at a pitch in the zone 82.8% of the time. The league leaders are the Texas Rangers, notably where Donnie Ecker has gone. And they're at 90.8%. And so the Giants, you know, eight percentage points or so, or exactly lower at making contact at pitches in the zone. And that's over the last two weeks, I should clarify. Over the full season, I think the Giants rank not great in this number overall, but they're 18th at 84%. So they're they're making they're making less contact at pitches in the zone in the last two weeks, but they're not really chasing more. It's just more swing and miss. And I care more about swing and miss at pitches in the strike zone versus out of the zone. You don't really want to be making contact at pitches out of the strike zone because if you put it in play, you're generally not going to put it in play with authority. So it's not a huge deal to swing and miss at pitches out of the zone. Just in general, though, contact rate for the Giants, they're 21st on the season. And that's just overall swings. They make contact about 75% of the time. The best in the majors makes con- best team in the majors makes contact at uh, 80% of their swings. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it explains why the strikeout rate is what it is for the Giants. The Giants do come in with a strikeout rate of 24.7%, which is the fifth highest in Major League Baseball. And if we look at the last uh, 14 days, then that strikeout rate is... Uh, I have to scroll. It's not even that high. It's only 19.8%. And so that it doesn't so much explain anything. And their overall offense in the last two weeks, this is kind of telling here. They have a 74 weighted runs created plus. So they've been about 25% below average. I just want to, or 26%, say again, a win is a win is a win. Like it's okay. 
and you go through stretches like this. Another team that has struggled offensively in the last two weeks, I believe, is the Tampa Bay Rays. There's there's plenty of good teams that go through stretches like this. The Yeah, the Rays and Giants are close in terms of their overall offense in the last two weeks. The D-backs are the same as the Giants in the last two weeks. The Cincinnati Reds, even though they had great success in part of the last two weeks, are right about where the Giants are in terms of offense over the last two weeks. And some of the best teams are going to be kind of random teams like that aren't doing well overall, like the Cardinals and the Padres, the Angels, etc. And so it's just two weeks is a small sample. And so let's not forget that they've gone through stretches of being really good offensively. But overall, uh, I think that they could definitely stand to improve. Michael Conforto, having some big hits is huge. Others have said it, and I agree, that Conforto kind of getting to the form that the Giants hoped he would get to, which is some of his better performances with the Mets versus his most recent year with the Mets, which was two years ago. He did miss an entire season last year. So, you know, but he he has been like a monster at times in his career. And so, I've said I said before the season that they need one of Conforto or Haniger to have a huge year. And so far, Conforto's kind of been up and down and Haniger was not great and then he got hurt. And so they haven't gotten that yet. Although Conforto's showing signs and he's really streaky and he's showing signs of being hot and this is a great ballpark for him to go to if he's getting hot. And so yeah, and then Haniger's coming back and I know he wasn't great, but neither has Conforto's had rough stretches like Haniger had and then has come out of it and been one of their most important offensive players. And so I think Haniger has that same potential. Estrada potentially coming back. And so, yeah, we'll discuss the health of the team. Are they getting healthier? Yes, they are. Little by little. So we'll get into that. And also moving on up, the Giants, a win is a win is a win. Where are they in the standings now after sweeping the Pirates and some other key teams in the race having rough series to start the second half. We'll check in on the state of the races and all that in just a minute, but first. All right, as promised, we're going to check in on the state of the races and discuss the Giants getting a little bit healthier finally. It's been a rough year in that respect. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Breaking down Logan Webb versus Brandon Williamson. The Giants have the pitching advantage in this opener. The Reds, though, are a dangerous team. They are an exciting team. They've got good speed and a lot of stolen bases, but they've been shut down recently. So what's going to give? And hopefully the Giants can take care of business with their ace on the mound. Giants play the Reds tonight at 410 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Giants. So checking in on the state of the race, the Giants had a great weekend in terms of just they won all their games. And these other teams, a lot of the other teams in the race had rough weekends. For example, the Arizona Diamondbacks got swept. And so the Giants actually passed them in the standings for the first time in a long time, if not all season. The Giants are ahead of the D-backs and the Dodgers also lost the finale on Sunday, although they did win two out of three against the Mets. But the Giants are only one and a half back in the NL West. The Arizona Diamondbacks are two back. Beyond that, the Padres are 10 back. 
They had a four-game series against the Phillies, and they lost three out of four, including the most recent three, including some heartbreakers like yesterday. They had a really they had they were one out away from a win, and they gave up a hit and extra innings. They're zero and nine, I think, in extra inning games are the Padres. So that right there, I mean, if they, yeah, that's crazy, unclutch they have been. Uh, so the Giants, yeah, 52 and 41, 11 games over 500. They've won five straight. And yeah, their position in the West is that they're within reach of first place and they're alone in second place for the first time in a long time. But in the wild card, the Giants are now the number one wild card team. It's, it's tight though. They're only percentage points ahead of the Marlins, who also got swept, but The Marlins were well ahead of the Giants for a long time, but the Giants are now percentage points ahead of the Marlins. And then the third wildcard team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies are two back of the D-backs, so one back of the Giants. They've been hot. They're the only team. Like If you look at Miami's lost three straight. Arizona's lost four straight. The Reds are two back of Arizona, so two and a half back of the Giants. This is a huge series for the Reds. It's a four-game series. They're looking at a team that's ahead of them in the standings, and they're going to be highly motivated. So this is a really interesting series coming up. And But they've lost four straight themselves. And the Padres are the next team there, and they've lost three straight. And they're eight and a half back of the Giants. And the Mets are now nine back of the Giants. And so like I said, moving on up, the Giants are in a good position again suddenly with, according to Fangraph's, playoff odds of 73.6%, including division odds of 21.6%, meaning odds of winning the NL West. And the kind of median projection for the Giants now is 88 wins exactly, to, uh, according to Fangraph's, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is a huge upcoming series. I think I mean, I have been saying, and I know some of you have heard me say this over and over, but teams like the Marlins and the Reds and other teams to an extent like the Phillies, they have, I mean, the Marlins and the Reds have negative run differentials. And so sooner or later, usually that catches up with you and you don't keep having great success if you've been outscored on the season. And so Miami losing three straight, Cincinnati losing four straight is perhaps them coming down to earth a little bit. And so hopefully the Giants can take advantage as they go to Cincinnati where they're getting a little bit healthier. So let me just say Anthony DiSclefani, I don't think he was ever really hurt. He just said he was running on fumes and then they put him on the IL with shoulder fatigue, but he made a rehab start and he's due to come off the injured list and make the second start of this series. That's where he played for most of his career or all of his career before coming over to the Giants. And so a homecoming for DiScofani. Hopefully the rest did him good because he was so good in the early part of the season, but has been pretty bad in, in the second half of the first half. And then they're going Ross Stripling on Wednesday, Alex Cobb on Thursday. So the the web start is important because after that DiScofani and Stripling, you don't know what you're going to get. And so this game one is important. And also... In terms of health, how about this name? Luis Gonzalez. We finally got an update on this guy. Do you remember Luis Gonzalez? Big story last year. Fell off in the second half, but had some great moments. And is a guy, the energy he brings, I thought, was pivotal at times to the Giants last year. And I think he could be a significant part of of the team in kind of a 
not like a star role, but in a supporting cast kind of role. And he is, yeah. So the, the news is he had back surgery and he's been out a long time, but he's starting a rehab assignment. And so he probably needs a while to get back up to game speed. It's kind of like starting spring training. So I would imagine at least like two weeks or three weeks of at-bats for him. But Luis Gonzalez, a guy who could factor in to the Giants roster in the second half of the season, kind of a forgotten guy here. And I don't actually remember his option status. Is he out of minor league options or is he... Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now because I shouldn't be asking you. You should be asking me. He is he has one option year remaining, so he can be sent down. If he couldn't, that would be a problem potentially. But he can be sent down if there's not room for him. He's not currently sent down. He's on a rehab assignment, but eventually the rehab assignment has to end, and he would have to <clears throat> be in the majors or be sent down. And so he can be sent down, thankfully, but. He might not be. He might be a part of the Major League team. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, Logan Webb in Cincinnati. This is a big series, and I think it's going to get some national attention because the Reds have gotten a lot of national attention, which is crazy. You know, the Reds do have a little success, and they get 10 times the national attention as the Giants when the Giants have success. So... Weird, but proximity to the East is all that matters, I think. Although they've got some exciting players. Ellie De La Cruz has been very exciting, but it's coming down to earth a little bit. A lot of the numbers unsustainable and man, but really toolsy, impactful, big player. And we're going to see him. So anyway, once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.